What do you say, Rock? The opportunity of a lifetime. Opportunity of a lifetime to fight the heavyweight champion of the world. And he sat there and he said, no. He said, I'll be a sparring partner. I'll spar with, with Apollo Creed, which means that he'll practice with Apollo Creed. And he has no problem uh, fake fighting, but to step into the ring and, and have the big fight, the big moment, well, for some reason, he's, he's going to pass that up. He's a career fighter. Fighting is what he did. That's, he was a boxer. If you're boxing, you're boxing to get to, the, to that ultimate goal. But for some reason, well, he's taking a pass on that. And before we judge him, that might be something that we have done along the way as well. Uh, I've introduced myself. My name is Mark. Uh, I get to be the pastor here, and we're finishing up our series called At the Movies. And like Rachel said before, we're, we're tapping into the internal principles illustrated by these great stories. And uh, I believe Rocky is not just, uh, it's not, a, such a, not just such a great boxing movie, it's a great story of a, of a human being. It's a great human story. And Rocky came to the point where he had the opportunity to step into the opportunity and well, he decided he was going to pass. And I believe that that is a common story in life. I think there's a lot of people who have opportunities that, well, they just don't take. They say they're a ham and egger. I don't know what a ham and egger is. But Rocky sees himself as a ham and egger. And they don't take it. It's a common story in life, and it's a common story in Scripture. I want to take us to, to maybe the first of many, many stories in Scripture just like this. A story of Moses. If you don't know this, the background of Moses, Moses grew up as a Hebrew, adopted into Pharaoh, the king of Egypt's home. And he grew up as Egyptian royalty, but as a Hebrew. And at that time, uh, the entire Hebrew nation was enslaved by the Egyptians. And when he came of age and he understood this, he decided he wanted to do something about it, but he made awful decisions around it. And he ended up having to run away from his, from his upbringing, run away from the people of his origin, and he ended up off in exile nowhere. He, he had given up, but God hadn't given up. And we pick up the story right when God was calling Moses to take his opportunity. And if you're curious, this is Exodus 3. This is the burning bush. And God is speaking to Moses out of the burning bush right here. And the Lord said to Moses, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because they're slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land and into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now, now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Moses is given the opportunity, the opportunity that he longed for, that he wanted to step into before. And, well, 
he didn't say he's a ham and egg or, or anything like that, but, but he's got questions. He says, well, Moses said to God, well, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God has a very good answer for that question. But Moses got another question. He said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, well, well what is his name? What then shall I tell them? And, and make no mistake, God has a very good answer for that question as well. But Moses has yet another question. He says, well, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? Uh, and the Lord says, all right, why don't you try pulling off a couple of miracles in front of them? Good answer to the question, all right? He, but he still has another question. He says, well, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. Of course, he was raised in Egyptian royalty. Maybe, maybe that's not true. Anyway, but anyway, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. And yes, God has a very good answer for that one. In fact, that he created the tongue. So he's got an answer for that. And then finally, Moses just says, pardon your servant, Lord. Just would you please send someone else? He's brought up to the cusp of the opportunity that he had longed for, and he backed off. I think that may be true of people of faith as well. Uh, today, we're going to look at the story of Rocky, and we're going to make some connections for different folks based upon where you might be along your spiritual journey. If you're, if you're, if you're saying, well, I don't know if I have a spiritual journey. I don't know what I believe about God. I kind of feel like I'm on the outside looking in. That's all right. You can just let me watch me beat everybody else up in the room for the next few minutes, right? All right. You can, you can watch that. Uh, but let me start out by saying this. Uh, you have been invited to become a person of tremendous spiritual influence. Leaving your mark on this world and on eternity. You have been invited to become a person of tremendous spiritual influence. When God calls a, a person to himself, that is what he's doing. Most pastors feel like George Jurgens, right? The, the guy talking to Rocky. And most people kind of feel like they've got Rocky's vacuous eyes as they hear that. If you think I'm talking to somebody else about this, I'm talking to you. You have been invited to be a person of tremendous spiritual influence on this world, leaving a mark on this world and on eternity. I think a lot of Christians would rather be a sparring partner, a kind of fake fight. You know, like, so you, so you get to be on the team, right, and be on the bench, but never actually out there. And God does not call you to fake fight. He doesn't call you to a fake faith. He doesn't call you to a fake journey. He calls you to the real challenges that he has launched the church into the world to address, to exert real spiritual influence. Now, interestingly though, if you watched Rocky, uh, you'll, you'll, you would agree with him. In some ways, you know exactly why he decided to not choose that. You would think that they put that clip right in the front of the movie, Rocky. No, it actually is like 50 minutes into the movie. And so what you end up having is a lot of character development in like its own 70s movie style, right? A lot of character development. And so you know 
that Rocky sees himself as a ham and egger. You see him, he sees himself as just a guy in the clubs. Where did he get that idea about himself? I want to show you a clip, uh, sort of a classic clip of when Rocky finally gets a date with the pet shop clerk named Adrian. Of course, she needed to get kicked out of Thanksgiving dinner by her brother for him to do it. And then he goes to, they go to the ice skating rink and he pays the guy $10, get 10 minutes on the rink. And just, just kind of hear them talk and listen in as to how they think about themselves. Uh, so they've had messaging and clear messaging as to who they are. It's not just what mom and dad told them. You better develop his body. You bet she better develop her brain. It's not just what they heard. It's what they lived in. These are folks who are knocked around. He, he just saw himself as another bum in the neighborhood. And she saw herself as maybe someday she'll be, she might get another bum in the neighborhood. The, the darkness and the difficulty and the abuse they live in. No wonder. No wonder when he comes to his moment, he doesn't step forward into it. We live with a lot of messaging in our lives that, that suggests that maybe your storyline, maybe you don't see yourself as another bum in the neighborhood, but maybe like another hopeful, upperly mobile suburbanite or whatever. Whatever storyline you've been given that says to you that you're not a person of spiritual influence, can you trust it to be true? Can you trust it to be true? Uh, Jesus' followers, they were with Jesus for three years, but they, they grew up with a storyline. They grew up with a storyline that one day the Messiah would come and would conquer everybody, and then the Israelites get to be on top. And then, uh, and then Jesus, they, they were with Jesus, and Jesus, they saw Jesus' death. They witnessed his resurrection. And right before Jesus is about to leave, he has one more moment with his disciples, and they have one more question. They have one more question for Jesus. They said, okay, Jesus, now, uh, they gathered around him and they said, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Like, are, are, do we get to be on top now? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father set by his own authority. But since you're looking for power, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said that, he, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Ultimate mic drop, right? Just boom. And, and what they were saying is that, Jesus, are you going to be the heavyweight champ now? Because if so, we want to walk in with you in the middle of the crowd. We want to walk in with you. We'll hold your towel. We'll, we'll clean up your face. We'll give you some water. And we'll be in your corner as you're the heavyweight champ. Because you're the, you're the man with all the power. You have all authority, all power. And Jesus flips it around. He says, nope. You're going into the ring. You're going to go now into the ring. Because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is now the power that's in every single one of his followers. The same power that enabled Jesus to do what he did and to live the life he lived now lives inside of you and me. Now he calls us into that very same ring of exerting spiritual influence. When he says, what, what he means that is that that very same spirit can enable us to recognize what we've experienced by, 
in terms of who God is and offer that influence to others, whether that's our children, our family, our friends, wherever we go, we can bear witness to what we've experienced. No matter how much we've experienced the faith, we can bear witness to that. The question is, will you accept the truth about who you are? Will you accept the truth about who you are? Well, if you're curious, Rocky did end up accepting the fight. It would have been a rough movie if he was given it and then walked away from it. But he accepted the opportunity to fight, and he got pretty fired up about it. And he got so fired up about it, he, well, let's, let's see what he did. Let's see, let, let's see how he steps into it. He, he was doing really well. He was running, he ran up from South Philly all the way up to City Hall, and you start hearing his breath get a little bit heavier around City Hall, but wait a second, Art Museum, what, another mile away or whatever, he could do that? And turns out that he couldn't do that. I mean, he had the passion, he just didn't have the preparation. I mean, you know, maybe it was five raw eggs in the stomach, I don't know, maybe that could have been part of it, but... Uh, that's not just his story. That's a story for all of us. How many of us have got either watched a Rocky movie and like, I'm going to get in shape or, or listen to sermons and like, I'm going to go after it now. And then you, you get up in the morning, you swallow, fi- swallow hard five random chapters of the Old Testament and you get out there and you just start trying to help people and serve people. And then it gets hard. You're not appreciated. In fact, sometimes every good deed goes punished, right? Like, you know, and all of a sudden you find resistance. You find resistance on the inside. You find resistance on the outside. And you realize really quite how difficult it is. What, what makes a boxing movie so helpful when it comes to life is that for, for Rocky to to face the challenges that he's going to face in the ring, he's going to learn how to get hit hard. He's going to need to learn how to get knocked down. He's going to have to learn how to get beaten. And it's not an uncommon metaphor for life because life will hit you hard. Life will knock you down. Rocky says uh, in one of the later movies, he says, it's not how hard you can hit. It's how hard you get hit. And keep moving forward. Well, that takes preparation. It takes training. And uh, every single one of us will face this. If we are going to take the narrow road of following Jesus into real influence for him, we're going to get hit. And we're going to have to train for it. Rocky needed a team. Rocky needed a team. We need a team. Moses needed a team. In the midst of all of Moses' questions, God, God kind of looks at him and says, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth, and I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. God formed a team for Moses. Rocky formed a team for himself. And if we are going to train and prepare to be the kind of people that we're called to and when the moment matters, we're going to need a team to prepare us as well. Uh, this past summer, uh, a group of us, uh, just a couple small groups, 
uh, have been trying out this new spiritual formation experience that we're excited about called Rooted. Uh, we're piloting it. It's the idea of being rooted in your faith and how it makes you strong for the different seasons of life. And we have loved it. It's enabled us to kind of take the practices that make us strong in the faith and learn to do it in the context of community. We get stretched in the way we serve. We get stretched in the way we pray. And it roots us into the foundational truths that enable us to grow and build a life where we're able to continue to grow. Well, Moses, um, Moses had his team. Uh, Rocky built his team. Uh, now, let's see how it goes for Rocky once he has his team, how that team comes around him, and how that helps him prepare. A message on Rocky. You have to include the most iconic Philadelphia scene of all time, right? And you need to include some clip on Mickey the trainer. That, the, the first challenge is, is kind of easy. The second one, since Mickey uses a small-time profanity about every five words, has not, was not easy. But it does give us that awesome metaphor of eating lightning and crapping thunder, right? All right? Now, it's a metaphor that works, right? Because if we are going to step into the spiritual influence that God invites us into, it means we're going to need to eat lightning. It's going to mean that we're going to need to eat lightning. And how do we do that? Well, first, Rocky, he had to stop smoking. Most of the movie, he was smoking, he was drinking, doing whatever he wanted. He had to stop smoking, he had to stop drinking. He had to kind of start thinking about his diet. He had to start thinking about the folks he hung around. Moses, he, he, would, he would go out there and get knocked back by Pharaoh, and he'd come back and he would pray, and he'd go back out there stronger. He'd go back out there, get knocked around by Pharaoh again, come back, and he'd go back, meet with God, pray, and he'd go back out stronger. That's one of the things we found rooted as we would talk about each week, and we'd, we'd talk about that next challenge. We'd try it out, and may it would go well, wouldn't go well. We'd come back, and we'd get ourselves to be a little bit stronger. How, how are we going to approach that? How are you going to think about that? What is in your head? Now, think about, and I want to try this out. Think about your life 10,000 years from now as a person who's going to live forever. I mean, this is how it is. And, and as you think about full satisfaction, fully satisfied in heaven, fully recognizing every good thing you have, when you look back at your life, will you see yourself back? Will you see yourself in the way God sees you then? We then look back at your life and wonder why you saw yourself as a ham and egger, or why you had this reason or that reason or that excuse, or you bought into this storyline. If you're going to choose this path, it's a path less chosen, and you are going to have internal resistance. As far as the way you see yourself, the way you understand yourself, the way you understand life and God, you're going to have external resistance. There's other folks who would rather you continue to just spar and fake the faith rather than truly try to live into it. It's much more convenient, easier for them if you don't offer spiritual influence on their lives. You will find external resistance. But it's not a call to just go out and win every single round, every single battle. It's a calling to endure. 
It's a calling to endure and to accept that God is going to open these opportunities and this life for you. My favorite people in the world are the folks who've lived in their 60s, 70s, 80s, even 90s, and have accepted the call that whoever they touch, they want to bless. They want to be the kind of people that bless whomever they touch, and they, and they continue to endure with that. The story of Rocky isn't about winning quickly or winning immediately. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. It's a story of endurance. And you can endure with spiritual influence. You can do that. You can accept the truth about who you are. Now, there's a secret to endurance. And I think we're going to see it in the final clip. The final clip of the movie is obviously the fight scene. But there's the night before the fight scene. And and in, in that evening, Rocky can't sleep, and he takes a walk, he goes over to the spectrum, and he's looking around, sees Mr. Jurgens, has a short conversation. He doesn't know what to do, and so he goes and finds Adrian and has a conversation with her. And he says, I, Adrian, I can't do it. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. Adrian encourages Rocky. And the final thing he says before he says goodnight he said, I, I, just, I just wish, I, I just want to go 15 rounds with the champ so that, I, so that I will know that I'm not just another bum from the neighborhood. I want to go 15 rounds with the champ so that I will know that I'm not just another bum from the neighborhood. We pick up this next clip in round 14. They've had 14 rounds of beating each other with beating each other with boxing gloves. And no, make no mistake, it's ugly. If you, have, if you don't like to see blood, you might just want to like squint. Uh, um, and it is boxing. But let's pick it up in the 15th round. And as the movie concludes, let's see if we can figure out the secret to endurance. It was a split decision. Two judges voted for one fighter, one voted for Rocky. Apollo Creed kept the heavyweight championship of the world. And at the end, Rocky did not cry. I finished. I'm not a bum anymore. He said something very, very different. See, Rocky presents itself as a fighter story. But make no mistake, it's a love story. It's a love story. See, it, it wasn't that Rocky finished the fight that enabled him to prove that he wasn't a bum. It was the fact that he experienced the love of Adrian that made him realize he was not a bum, that enabled him to endure and to finish the fight. He cried out, Adrian. He wanted to be with the one who loved him. How did Jesus endure? Last week we talked about perseverance and we reflected on a story of Jesus, a passage on Jesus, where it, says, where it describes that Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
it wasn't for it wasn't for the church that was the joy set before him. It was being with the one who loved him that enabled him to endure the cross so that he can once again be reunited to his father. Can I speak to the folks who feel like they are in round 15 right now or their life has felt like round 15 for a long time? There's going to come an end to your life and at the end of your life, you, you, might, you might recognize that you have suffered so much or, or in the opposite way, you may come to the end of your life and realize how much you've achieved, but at the end of your life, none of those things are going to matter because what's going to really matter to you, what's going to be the only thing that's going to satisfy your soul is falling into the arms of the one who says, I love you, I love you, I love you. The secret to endurance is not for the fruit of our activities. The secret to endurance is not to get to the other side of endurance, of suffering. The secret to endurance is knowing the one who loves us and knowing that they will be with us and that we will get to the end of that suffering or or that achievement and knowing that whatever it is, it will be drowned out with the experience of knowing that we are loved. We don't endure so that we will be loved. We endure because we are loved. You should know you are deeply loved. Your father knows what round 15 feels like to you. Maybe it's round seven, it's round six. Maybe you're on the canvas and you're trying to pull yourself up. Or maybe you've won a few rounds in a row. None of that mattered to Rocky. Adrian is what mattered. At the end of your life, what's going to matter is that unbelievable experience of knowing that you are loved. And because you are, you can endure and you can step into your moment of spiritual influence. Let's pray. Jesus, we come together as a family and as a family, some of us are feeling the weights of this world and some of us are feeling the, the achievements of this world. What draws us together isn't what we look like or how we succeed or even how we suffer. What draws us together is your great love. God, I pray for us as a family that each one of us would have the courage to step into the calling you've given us and would know your great love for us that we might endure in that wonderful calling that you have given us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.